Welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. I'm your host, Corey Graham. Join us here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. Can you imagine what incredible things will happen when faith in God is carried out with purpose and action? Well, you just might find out in this book we're talking about right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. It's titled The Little Book of Cans. It's written by Catherine Keller Casper. And we get to talk all about this right now because Catherine is right here with me. Catherine, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Well, I'm happy to have you here. Can you tell me all about the little book of cans? What can readers find here, Catherine? Absolutely. I would love to tell you about it. So the little book of cans is a story that I first kind of started thinking about by accident in conversation with a friend of mine. And we were just being positive and talking about how really all it takes for the power of positivity to really be in place is it can start with just one person or a small group of people. And when someone is positive and encouraging and steps up to be in a leadership role, how when that happens, Others who are encouraged will step up as well, and it creates this ripple effect. And as we were in conversation, we kind of just started joking around a little bit and and sort of doing a play on words because the characters in the story are canned. (laughs) And because it is a children's book, they're colorful and there are lots of pictures there. But I really like how there's this play on words with what we can do Mm. when we believe in ourselves, when we have faith, when we are trusting God and all of those kinds of things. And so that is kind of how that began and how I ended up with can characters. (laughs) And you said this was a children's book, right? So what ages of children do you think would be into this the most? It is a children's book. It definitely has the look of a children's book with colorful illustrations. However, the message that is in the book is appropriate for people of all ages, I believe. But I would say as far as a reading level for children in the primary grades and slightly above. How long did this take you to write and then put through all that publishing process? The writing was actually very quick, Hmm. and it has always been this way when, you know, all of a sudden an idea will just come to me, and sometimes I feel that right at that moment, if I'm able to, I'll go and start writing or typing, and generally in a a matter of minutes, the book is there. Hmm. You talked about the illustrations. What kind of a process was that? Was that a rocky one, or did that go pretty smoothly for you? It went very smoothly. I have been blessed to work with Christian Faith Publishing, and they were very supportive and very creative. And I gave them ideas of what I had pictured and what I was thinking. So they would go and try something out and create it and then share it with me. And then I was allowed to, you know, make changes from there. And then they would take it back to the drawing board and and do it again. And we all ended up very satisfied with how things turned out. Wonderful. Catherine, is this your first go at this, writing and publishing, or have you done this kind of thing before? 
writing my whole life, and I actually have many works that are still in the making, and I have some others that are already all set to go, but this is my second published book. I have a third that will be coming soon. It has already been accepted. Fantastic. I was going to ask you if you were thinking of maybe a follow-up to The Little Book of Cans. Is that what that is, or are you going somewhere else? This one is not a follow-up to The Little Book of Cans. Actually, it is entitled Bear E. Bear and the Tale of the Stinky Socks. <laughs> I love <laughs> Another it. children's book, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so whenever that day came, Catherine, you get the first physical copy in of your book, this thing you've just been seeing on the computer for all that time. Yes. What's that moment like for you? It is beyond words. It, it really is hard to explain. I'm getting kind of choked up now even because it, it is just such a feeling of accomplishment and gratitude. It's amazing. And the couple of times that I have experienced it already um, just moves me to want to do the same thing again and again. Well, I think this book is going to bless an awful lot of people. I encourage my listeners to go and check it out. It's titled The Little Book of Cans. It's written by Catherine Keller Casper. It's published by Christian Faith Publishing. Of course, it's available everywhere that you buy your books, like Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Catherine, it's been really wonderful talking to you tonight, and especially learning about this book and its really great message. I enjoyed our time together. Thank you so much. I did as well. Sitting down with me now, right here at the Reader House Author Roundtable, is author Jim Murphy. Jim, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here with me tonight. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, it's my pleasure. You have a new book, just hit stores, called Crashed Wagon Canyon. Jim, can you tell me what readers are in store for here? It's an action-adventure. It's a tale about a young couple, a young married couple, that live in Laramie, Wyoming and who, through a series of circumstances, fall in love with rock hounding and metal detecting. And because of those activities, they have several very interesting and exciting life-endangering adventures. Hmm. Jim, what kinds of readers do you think would be really into this? I'm thinking early teens up. I've already had several people that have read it and have been very positive about it and excited about it, and most have read it in a week. And I've gotten some very, very nice reviews already. Fantastic. you got to tell me, Jim, how'd you get the idea for this story? Well, my wife, Jean, and I have been rock hounders and metal detectors for quite some time. And I was sitting out on the back porch of our home in Cheyenne, Wyoming, one morning having a cup of coffee. And I was thinking about metal detecting, and I thought of, wow, what if this happened? And that's when the book exploded in my mind. That was a great story where the people doing the metal detecting got a detection notice, beep off their machine, and when they dug it up, it was a ring on a hand. It was a body they found. Hmm. Jim, is Crashed Wagon Canyon your first foray into the writing and publishing thing, or have you been doing this before? No, this is my fifth novel. I've got four others published. They're a series hmm. through Amazon called On Tired of Zombies, and it's a four-book series, another action-adventure type thing, and it takes place near Centennial, Wyoming. Jim, how long does a book like Crash Wagon Canyon take you to write and put through all those publishing processes? It took me about four months in this case. From the initial idea and doing the research and then actually putting words on paper, I figure from start to finish, it was about five months. Mm. Does it ever get old when you get that first physical copy in, Jim, and you get to hold that thing finally that you've been working on for a while? 
Oh, no. It's always a thrill, a joy, a blessing. And you look at it and you think, wow, I can't believe I did this. <laughs> so you said this was a series. Is this the last one? Do you have more planned? How's that going to go? No, this one isn't a series. It's a standalone. The first four books I wrote were a series. Oh, okay. This novel is a standalone, so it's by itself. Would you think of maybe a follow-up to this one? I don't know. There's not one in the works. I just finished my sixth novel, and we're in the editorial stage now of that one. Hmm. I haven't even submitted it to the publisher yet, but I think it'll be a good one also. And that one, I've already been... My wife reads my books first. She's already bugging me for a sequel to the next book. (laughs) So, Jim, it sounds like you really enjoy writing. You have a lot of ideas. Do you ever get writer's block? I do, and usually what I do is I turn everything off, leave, go out on the front porch or the back porch, have a cup of coffee, watch the birds, you know, maybe take a day off or two and then get back to it. Now, Jim, if somebody came up to you and said, hey, you've been writing, you've been publishing, I want to do the same thing. Jim, what's the best advice you could give them to get them started on the right foot? Don't give up. Stick to it. Stick to your guns. You know, with the writer's block thing, you just have to leave it sometimes. Take a break. Let your mind free up for better ideas. But go back and finish it. Stick to it. Writing is very rewarding. I've been doing this since 1971. And once published, you know that your work impacts lives. When you have a fan come up to you and and you get face-to-face with them and they're they're smiling and they're saying how much they enjoyed your writing and your, your ideas, It's just very rewarding. It's only a blessing that God can give you, and I I say go for it. I think a lot of people are really going to be into this book, and I encourage my listeners to go find this and check it out. It's called Crashed Wagon Canyon. It's written by Jim Murphy. It's published by Covenant Books, and you can grab it anywhere. So get on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or get on iTunes. Take a walk down to your local bookshop, and you'll find it there. Jim, thank you so much for joining me and telling me about this book and about your work. I had a nice time talking tonight. All right, I did too. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Walking Miracles. That's the name of the new book by Amanda Perry, and we're going to talk all about it here right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Amanda is here with me to talk about it. Amanda, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Thanks for inviting me. Can you tell me what you've written about, what readers can expect in Walking Miracles? So I wrote about my trauma history with a a romantic relationship as well as like growing up and then how that impacted my health as well as like how I was treated by the medical community because of all of that. And then I end up talking a lot about suicide in the book Mm. and how that affects like because I went through a suicidal phase. Mm. and I also had a friend, a close friend, pass away from suicide. So I talk about, like, how that impacts people and what creates that kind of environment in your mind. Mm. I just try and bring out, like, some of the topics that we have in society today that usually are closed-door topics, Mm. and I try and bring those to, like, these things happen, but, like, you get to choose what happens in your life based off of your experiences. It's not your experiences that are choosing your life for you. And that's what I try and pull out. And it helped me a lot like when I was going through because I was writing it as I was going through all of that. 
Amanda, what kinds of readers do you think you were speaking to here? So I'm trying to target a lot of people who are in abusive relationships, a lot of people who have undiagnosed illnesses, and I'm trying to normalize like these things happen and you're not alone. And the best way to release it is to get your story out and not keep it in. Amanda, is this your first time writing or publishing, or have you done this kind of thing before? I'm going to say both. I've been writing for a long time, but I've never published anything. And then a few years ago, I published a couple of poems that were in a book, in a magazine, a journal, and that ended up winning an award. Hmm. So I decided to publish the whole work. So how long of a process was it for you to write and publish Walking Miracles? Overall, I collected pieces because it's pieces of the book itself is poems and short stories. And like I go into like detail about everything that I experienced. So overall, it took years to create all the pieces, individual pieces. And then I pulled it all together within like a year and a half. When it came to the publishing end of things, Amanda, what did you find to be the most challenging part of it? I had some difficulties getting a hold of publishers. Hmm. And then, like, when I did finally get a hold of somebody and they looked over my work, Newman Springs, I ended up going with, I was surprised that it was publishable because I was just putting it out there thinking, I just want to put it out there and get my word out there. I wasn't 100% expecting it to be publishable. (laughs) It must have been a crazy moment for you then, Amanda, when you got the first copy in and you got to look at this book. It's a real thing now, and it has your name on the cover. What was that like for you? So I was like a kid in a candy store for the first (laughs) time, and I was waiting at the post office like on tippy toes. Like, I know it's here. Like, I got really excited. Opening the box was really excited. I did try filming that whole thing. I'm not very good with it. So (laughs) when I did get excited over it, it was great. And then seeing the book and holding the book, it was beyond words. Mm. Like it's beyond words. Have you given some thought to maybe writing more in the future? If I do, it's going to be based more off of this book was based off the trauma and it's definitely, you can feel the anger out of it Mm. that I had towards a lot of things, especially the medical community in the very end of the book. And I think the second book, now that I'm out of that angry phase, because I was writing it during the angry phase, I think the second book would be more like going into detail about how that was a survival phase. Well, I think a lot of readers are going to be helped and given hope in this book. The title is Walking Miracles. It's written by Amanda Perry, and it's published by Newman Springs Publishing, and you can find it everywhere. So get on Amazon or go down to Barnes & Noble, get on iTunes or down to your local brick-and-mortar store, and you'll find this there. Amanda, thanks again for joining me here on the show and telling me all about this book. I had a nice time talking. Uh, Thank you. Sitting down with me now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Lorenzo N. Barr. Lorenzo, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here with me. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on the show this afternoon. What's really exciting when you publish a new book, you get it out there in stores for people. Yours is called The Effect of Divorce on Children Under the Age of 18. Lorenzo, can you tell me about the book? The Effect of Divorce on Children Under the 18. It came about when I was doing one of my undergrad programs in psychology and specialized in Christian counseling. And honestly, 
I never knew that divorce had effects on children, especially under the age of 18. And that really motivated me and it prompted me to write this book because I don't want to jump the gun, but I would say to you, because I've experienced it in my entire life. Mm. Lorenzo, what sorts of readers were you speaking to here? Well, I am speaking to readers from the age of 15 to age of 70, because when a child has reached the age of 15, and if they have gone through, the parents have gone through divorce, and if it is affecting them or has affected them, for them to get to see and get to know that this thing that has happened in the family has damaged them, but there's still hope in this process to get some help and help through counseling, and especially through Christian counseling. Now, Lorenzo, I would imagine a book like this might take you a while to write. How long of a process was this for you? Oh, my gosh. It was, it was a moment. <laughs> I think between a year and a half or two, because I did a lot of research, and I really wanted this book not to just be an ordinary book. I wanted this book to have all the information in it, and it took me a while to get this done. I'm sure you learned an awful lot along the way. Do you have any advice you could offer to the authors listening right now who are just starting out? Well, I would say to the authors that are listening right now or prospective authors, I would say to them, when you have a iteration or a vision to write, don't give up. Writing is difficult. Research is difficult. I'll tell them to give it the all, write, take your time, relax, and do a lot of editing and be able to give your audience accurate information and beat yourself if you cannot get it done on the time frame that you have planned to say, oh, I'm going to do it within this limit of time. Just let it flow because the more you write and the more you start to do research, your brains open up and you start to write. And just let it flow. That's great advice, Lorenzo. Thank you. Looking down the road, do you think you'd do it again? Do you think you'll write another book? Yes, sir. I'm doing it right now. I'm writing oh. the second. Yes, I'm writing the second edition on the effect of divorce on children under the age of 18. Guess what? I'm going to be writing on this time. Hmm. I'm writing the second edition, and it's going to be about the effect of divorce on children throughout the world. I'm writing about the effect of divorce on children in Africa, in Europe, in America, in Asia, in the Middle East, about different cultures and dynamics of people. And so far, the research I've done in America has the highest. And then what I'm going to do, I'm going to have two different chapters dedicated directly to marriage, but not to divorce. And I will be talking about marriages that are abusive. Hmm. I will talk about the different type of abuses. Some are physical abuse, some are mental abuse, some are psychological, some are traumatic abuse, some are emotional abuse. And I will talk about how if a husband is abusive, I affects his wife. And even if a wife is abusive, I affects the husband and the children as well. And also, I will even talk about even if children have gone through divorce, it doesn't mean that they will not become good children of tomorrow because I, my, my parents were divorced. And it did not stop me from pushing forward and becoming who God has made me to become today. What a wonderful message this book has. I think everyone out there should check this out. The title is The Effect of Divorce on Children Under the Age of 18. It's written by Lorenzo N. Barr. It's published by Covenant Books. 
And you can find it anywhere that you buy your books. So go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble or iTunes or take a walk down the street to your local bookshop and you'll find this book there. Lorenzo, it's been wonderful having you on the show and finding out about your work. I had a nice time talking tonight. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on as well. Sitting down right next to me here at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Thelma Daniels. Thelma, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me here. Thank you for having me, Cody. I really appreciate your time, and it's a really exciting time for you. You have a new book out. It's titled The DP Kids. Thelma, can you tell me what is in this book? Yes, I'd be glad to. The DP Kids are a group of children, which they call themselves a posse who comes from diverse cultures. They all live in the same neighborhood, they go to the same school, and they attend fellowship in the same church. DP stands for Diverse Posse. Like all kids, they have their disagreements, their ups and downs, but through it all, they become special friends. Mm. The book gives children of all cultures the knowledge that whether they are rich, poor, or have disabilities, they are still special people and should always be helpful, be kind, be respectful, and most of all, should always love one another just as God loves them. So this is what it's all about. That's a great message, Thelma. How did you get the idea? What inspired you to write this? I'm a Christian woman, and uh, it's always been my dream of writing children's books. Ever since I was in middle school, it was called junior high school in my days. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love children. I'm a passion for children. So I, the Lord gave me a vision of writing children's book. And also by us living in a diverse society and the way things are, you know, with the bullying and hatred, mm. it just gave me a vision to write about diversity. Yeah, it's certainly an important thing to be writing about, Thelma. Uh, before this book, have you ever written or published before? What's your writing background look like? I've never written. I've never written or published a book before. This is my very first time. Congratulations. Did this take you a long time to do then, being your first one? Yes. I worked for full time, and it took me two years. Hmm. And what would you say was the most challenging part of that whole process for you, both the writing process and the publishing of it? The writing process was, like I said, I worked full-time, so I had to write little by little. Mm. You know, if my thoughts came, you know, when I was resting, which was very uh, seldom. And the publishing, oh, that was really a challenge because I didn't know anything about publishing. And it just took a length of time for the process of the material and everything that I had to give them and what they were asking for. And it had to be incredible, Thelma, that day you got your first physical hard copy in of the DP Kids, and you got to actually hold this thing that you were working on for so long. What was that like for you? Oh, Curry. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> when I received my first published book, I could do nothing but, I mean, just cry. Mm. Cry. Tears of joy. And I, I, just, I just lifted up unto the Lord and gave him thanks and praises because he had favor on bringing my dream to pass. And now that you've been through that, I'm sure you've learned an awful lot along the way, Thelma. Do you have any advice, any sort of words of wisdom that you could pass on to the aspiring authors who are listening right now? Yes. Just follow your dreams. Believe in yourself. Never give up and listen to your heart. Great advice. 
and you got your first one under your belt, Thelma. Have you thought about a second or a third or a fourth, possibly? Yes, I'm in the process of doing a six series. Wow. I want to write about each individual character and what they bring to society through their ups and downs. And now that you're a published author, Thelma, what's the most rewarding thing about that for you? The most rewarding is my grandkids. Mm. So I am just so happy that they're happy about me and excited about the book because, I mean, this is the legacy for them. Well, what an important book this is. What a great message. It's titled The DP Kids. It's written by Thelma Daniels. It's published by Christian Faith Publishing. And of course, it's available everywhere, like on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and iTunes, and also traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Thelma, what a great time it's been having you on the show tonight. Thank you so much. I hope we get to talk again. Well, thank you, Curry. I had a nice time with you, and I just pray that my interview will, you know, encourage parents and grandparents to buy the books for their children. It's the type of book that encourages their children to believe in themselves and never give up, never give up on their dreams. Have Faith in God, But Believe in the Devil. It's the new book. It just hit stores. It's written by Glenn R. Thompson, and we're going to talk all about it right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Glenn is right here with me. Glenn, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, Corey. Glad to be here. I'm glad you came on the show to talk about this book. Glenn, what can readers expect when they open up Have Faith in God, But Believe in the Devil? They're going to see a group of short stories, and these are personal experiences that I had. And I want people to understand that there is a very serious spiritual battle going on right now. And I want to give people tools to see it and to identify it and to beat it. Glenn, did you have specific readers in mind when you wrote this? I think people undecided in their faith. Mm. I mean, I, I think Christians will love the book, you know, people that are, you know, solid in their faith. But my main goal is that people that are undecided to read this book, because if they are undecided and they read this book, I think it can benefit them a great deal. I think that my main goal is to possibly meet people in heaven that have had their faith strengthened with mm. my book. Glenn, what sparked the idea for you to write this? What was your inspiration to get started? I just think personal experiences, the stronger my faith became, the more I realized that, you know, things are going on that people don't really know about, mm. and they need to know about them, and they need to be aware of, you know, some of the tricks that are going on to try to keep their faith down. Once you sat down and started writing this, Glenn, what sort of a time frame are we talking about once it was finished and was published? Once it was finished, it wasn't very long before it was published. I mean, it took, you know, I started it years ago and then I trained racehorses and I put it on hold, you know, to keep working with the horses and, you know, distractions. And finally, finally last year, I made the commitment to finish it, you know, get it done. And, you know, once I finished it, it's been moving along, moving along rather well. Hmm. And you mentioned horses. That was actually the subject of your first book, you know, Have Faith in God But Believe in the Devil was your second book. That first one was about horses. Yes, it was. It was about the drug culture in racing. Mm. Anybody in the last 30 or 40 years was raised with this culture that, you know, it was about drugging the horses, and it was not good. It was just getting worse and worse, and wow. I stood up and kind of pulled the curtain back on it. 
And I was asked to testify before Congress about it. And I did, you know, alongside of some other people that were also trying to help. I feel we did a lot of, lot of really positive effects on the racing world. Hmm. Now, Glenn, when it comes to the publishing end of things, what have you found to be the most challenging part, either on this book or your previous one? You keep going through cycles. The editing was difficult every time. You know, when you reread something, you a lot of times you look at it and you don't like it and you change it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there was a lot of things going on with the editing and it was kind of a slow process. And that was a little bit of a struggle. But all in all, it was a pretty good experience. What's it like when that moment finally comes and you get that first copy in and you get to look at that book for the first time you've been working on, Glenn? What's that moment like for you? It's pretty exciting, Corey. And it's sort of a sense of relief. You know, a lot goes into it and a lot went into it. And it was obviously slower than I wanted it to be. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, when it, you know, when it was all done, I, I took a deep breath and, and was very happy. Have you given thought to writing a third book? I have a feeling I will. I'm hoping this is successful and, and does really well. And either way, I mean, I'm, we're getting some really good reviews in right now, and I'm, I'm happy about that. People are writing things that make me realize that they get it. They get why I wrote it. This doesn't have anything to do with money. I, I, I want to honestly help people. I do. I want to see people up in heaven, and I help get there. Mm. Glenn, if somebody came up to you and they said, hey, you've been publishing books, I want to publish too, do you have any advice, any words of wisdom you could offer? Be patient and you know, find a good publishing company and take your time and do it right. I think a lot of people are going to be blessed by this book. It's called Have Faith in God, But Believe in the Devil. It's written by Glenn R. Thompson, and it's published by Covenant Books. Get on Amazon, go to Barnes & Noble or iTunes, or take a walk down the street to your local bookshop. You'll find this book there. Glenn, thanks again for coming on the show and telling me all about this. I had a nice time talking with you. All right, Corey, I enjoyed it, and thank you. This book tells one woman's story of overcoming her life's struggles. It's titled, What It Means to Know Him. It's written by Sarah Vega, and right now we're going to talk all about this book. Sarah is right here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me tonight. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Sarah, can you tell me all about what you've written and what it means to know him? Well, this is a story, like you said, the story of this woman, and as she faces her struggles in life, she makes the common mistake that a lot of people do and fears that God is punishing her for actions and or decisions. But as her journey continues, she learns that God is not a God that punishes her, but is really her only hope to face what is to come ahead of her. Sarah, where did the inspiration for this story come from? Well, I had a lot of struggles in my life myself, and I never doubted that God was with me. Hmm. Although throughout life and different ways of teaching and what people had to say didn't always go with what I believed. And then one day I started at the Grace Church, and Andrew Farley is the pastor there. And the way that he did his teaching really was the first time it fell in sync with me. And I would definitely say Andrew was a big part of my inspiration on writing this book. Sarah, would you say this is a book that is written primarily for women, or is it broader than that? Actually, much broader. Hmm. My targeted readers are anyone who have ever been hurt, mistreated, left behind, or for any reason felt unloved. I want people to know 
that for whatever they are going through, God is the answer in every case. Sarah, before you wrote this book, before you published this, have you ever done anything like it before? No, I never had a lot of confidence in myself. I did write short stories as a kid and really enjoyed doing so, but never really believed in myself. And so one day I just decided I had to prove it to myself, and I did. Once you sat down and started writing it, did it take a long time before you got it finished and then published and everything? Well, the actual writing of the whole story only actually took me about two months. Hmm. But then it took a good six months after that, revising it, adding to it, changing it until it was just right. And Sarah, that day came. You finally got that first copy in the mail. You got to hold it and look at this book. It has your name on the cover and everything. What was that like? I don't know if there are words that describe what that was like. Hmm. It was very fulfilling. I can say that. Do you think you'll be doing this more in the future? Absolutely. I'm only a couple chapters away from a book I'm writing right now, and it's already twice as long as this first book. Is that sort of a continuation of this, or are you writing about other things? No, it is a completely different story, same concept. The stories that I write all target on the message of where Christ fits in it. And when you look back over everything so far, Sarah, what's the most rewarding thing to you now of being a published author? Being able to prove to all those throughout my life that said I could never achieve anything, Mm. being able to prove them wrong. And if somebody came up to you, Sarah, and they said, hey, you just published a book, I want to publish a book too, what advice could you give them? I would say definitely put the effort in and create the story. Don't hesitate. And I would highly recommend Newman Springs because Mm. for somebody like me that had no idea what I was doing, they were a huge help. And when it comes to the publishing end of things, Sarah, what did you find the most challenging part of that? I guess I would say the most challenging part of doing the publishing is just not being able to do it quick enough. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Having that patience, huh? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And when you were writing, you said this took you a couple months to do. Did you ever hit a challenging moment like writer's block or that time you just didn't know what to write next? Absolutely. There were a few very important parts in the story that I just was having a hard time getting my wording right to achieve what I wanted the reader to get from it. And those were the parts that took me several months later of revising and changing until I had it just right. The title is What It Means to Know Him. It's written by Sarah Vega, and it's published by Newman Springs Publishing, and you can get it everywhere. Get it on Amazon, get it at Barnes & Noble, get it at iTunes, and also at traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Sarah, it's been really nice having you on the show and learning all about your work. I had a nice time. Thanks for being here. Thank you very much. I enjoyed it myself. Be careful. That's the name of the new book in stores now, written by Nancy Cole. We're going to talk all about that book because Nancy is right here with me now, sitting right next to me here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Nancy, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you. So glad to be here, too. I appreciate your time. Nancy, can you tell me what readers are in store for when they open up Be Careful? Well, Be Careful illustrates a children's song that I learned when I was a child. And because it has both notes and words, you can read it or you can sing it. Each verse kind of repeats itself other than a couple words, so it's easy to read. And it illustrates the importance of what you hear, what you see, what you say, what you do and where you go. 
Hmm. Nancy, what sparked this idea? How are you inspired to start writing this? As a nurse, I cared for a lot of infants and children most of my career. And my husband and I ran a large daycare, which was another opportunity to care for the needs of children. Mm-hmm. And then my husband passed away about five years ago this month. Oh, I'm sorry. He had leukemia caused by Agent Orange in his service in Vietnam. We were married for 47 years, and I felt lost, kind of. I don't know what to do with myself. And one night, I just kind of prayed. I said, okay, what do I do now, you know? And I felt like God just said to me, write a book that illustrates the song, Be Careful Little Hands, What You Do. And now that you have this book out there, Nancy, what's the most rewarding aspect now of you being a published author? This is out there for the world. I think one of the really important things for me was I just wanted to give my grandchildren a legacy, something that they could say, this is from grandma. Mm. And so I gave them each a book. I wrote in each book the wonderful character qualities that I see in them. And for me, it's a legacy that they will read, be careful to their children and to their grandchildren. Another reward was a friend of mine sent me a video of her granddaughter singing the song. And she's like, Forzo, it was just the sweetest thing. That is sweet. And in fact, let's treat the listeners out there right now to a little bit of that song, if that's all right with you. That would be great. Well, Nancy, that was certainly touching. About how long did this book take you? Once you decided to sit down, start writing it, clear up until it got published? I'd say it took eight months to create it and two months of editing. I don't consider myself an artist at all. And so I did a lot of erasing. (laughs) (laughs) So it was 10, 11 months to actually get it published. But like I said, I did some editing. I, I didn't like a picture, so then I'd redo it. And so it took a little time. Yeah. And it's an awful lot of work to do it. So there's nothing like seeing the fruits of your labor, that finished product. When that day came, Nancy, and you opened up that box that came in the mail, and you got to pull out that book for the first time and touch this thing. Well, what was that moment like? Uh, I think I was grateful. Hmm. Grateful that I was able to accomplish something that will linger on. It will go on after I'm gone. I sure didn't know what I was doing, that's for (laughs) sure. (laughs) Have you given any thought to maybe another book, writing more in the future? Actually, I have started one more, another children's book, in progress. Got quite a bit done on it, actually. It's another kind of an illustrated type book, a lot of pictures. And then I have two others in my mind (laughs) that I keep going (laughs) over. So we'll see. I know that you learn an awful lot along the way of publishing for the first time and writing a whole book, getting the illustrations done. Nancy, do you have any words of wisdom, something you picked up along the way that you could pass on to authors who are just starting out? I think when you are drawn to write something and it's on your heart and you can't get it off your mind, go for it. That's my advice. Just go for it. (laughs) That's great advice. And I know a lot of readers are going to be touched by this book. I encourage you to go check it out. The title is Be Careful. It's written by Nancy Cole. It's published by Covenant Books. And you can grab it up anywhere. Of course, Amazon and Barnes & Noble and iTunes and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Nancy, it's been great talking with you tonight, having you on the show and learning all about Be Careful and hearing that song as well. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. Oh, I appreciate the opportunity so much. Thank you. 
There's a sequel in stores right now to a book by Judianne Lewinsky titled The Red Wagon Heroes. This one's The Red Wagon Heroes Find the Truth. And Judianne is right here with me now, and we're going to talk all about it. Judianne, welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. It's exciting. You have book two in this series out, The Red Wagon Heroes Find the Truth. Judianne, can you tell me all about it? I can. The Red Wagon Heroes Find the Truth, it centers around this fun group of multicultural children and their pets and their red wagons. It's kind of placed in a simpler time with barefoot kids encouraging each other to be kind to each other and to find their own inner power by helping each other. Mm. So there's always times when there's challenging issues in one's life, but we're always trying to find the uh, way through a problem. And I think a lot of that helps when you have a friend that can help you out. Oh, what a wonderful message here, Judy Ann. What ages of children do you think would get the most from it? Well, mostly children's book like this would appeal to young children. I would say I know there's little kids that are two and three years old that love the book, but because they can't read themselves, they find the joy of someone older reading to them. But I also know that people of all ages are enjoying the book. And I've had adult friends that say, we think everyone should read the book because it's so awe-inspiring of being kind. And I think this world needs to be reminded we, we should be kind to people. I love it. Judy Ann, how are you inspired to write the Red Wagon Heroes Find the Truth? What gave you this idea? Well, it certainly started during the COVID shutdown when we all were locked in our homes. Mm. And I could see on the television news reports how adults and children were having a hard time getting to know what to expect in the future. And I thought it would be especially good to have kids introduced to the Word of God at a very easy level. Mm. And that's why I wanted to put some Bible verses in this book and help introduce people on a basic level that God is always with them. And by being kind to other people, you are doing the work of God. It was one of those things that just kind of one picture led to another. And pretty soon I had a whole book. How long did the process take for you once you started writing and illustrating? The writing and illustrating took about three to four months, and then getting a publisher and working through that took a little bit of the first, I would say, five months. So it really was a pretty quick process. Yeah. Uh, Judy Ann, there is nothing like getting your finished product in, actually holding that thing that you've been working on so hard. So that day when you got your first book in the mail and you got to hold it, what was that day like for you? Well, that was very exciting because you got all these books delivered, but to open it up and actually see it in a finished product was a real proud moment because it was just a beautiful thing. And to see it done, yes, it was like a little, quite a gift in the mail. What are the chances that we'll see more from you in the future? Have you thought about writing and publishing more? 
Yes, actually, I have several ideas in mind, and one is how the Red Wagon Heroes help save the planet by keeping the world green. There's also finding the new adventure in life. So there's a lot of different things that I could go with. And I'm trying to put together a storyline right now that would really appeal to children and adults. Well, there's so many wonderful messages here, and I think everybody should check this book out. The title is The Red Wagon Heroes, Find the Truth. This is written by Judy Ann Lewinsky, published by Covenant Books. And it's available everywhere. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and also traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Judy Ann, it's been wonderful having you on the show. Thank you so much for telling me all about the Red Wagon Heroes Find the Truth. I hope we get to talk again sometime. Well, thank you, and hopefully we'll talk again. There's a new book in stores written by Francis Xavier. It's titled Two Different Worlds. And right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable, we're going to talk all about it. Francis is right here with me. Francis, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Well, what will readers find, Francis, when they open up two different worlds? It's actually almost like a booklet. I had done this here with just some ideas in mind, and I assumed they would let me expand on it. But it gives me the gist of the whole story of a person living two different lives. Hmm. Francis, what kinds of readers were you speaking to here? Who do you think would be most into it? Well, the book is basically like a life story, like, a, I'd say, criminal activity. So people are always uh, interested in things like uh, mob movies and mm. things like that. So it would be geared to people interested in the uh, crime drama. So what sparked you to write this, Francis? Where where'd you get this idea? Well... I just based it on living experience, you know, with the family growing up and friends in the family growing up and seeing these people working at one job and working in another world, another, another lifestyle. Wow. So did this take you a long time to write or did it come out pretty quickly? Actually, uh, I just wrote, like I said, it was basically family life experience. It probably took me about five weeks. Have you ever done anything like this before, Francis? Have you ever written or published? Never published anything before, and this was the first time writing it. It was just basically flowed because uh, I just put general life experience that I had been subjected to, and I just let it run. You know, I wrote it out from the beginning to my later years. Hmm. When it came to publishing the book, Francis, did you find it challenging or did it come pretty easy? It came pretty easy. Uh, you know, I did a lot of re-editing. In the end, the publisher, you know, they did all the areas of grammatical finesse. Mm. They uh, put the paragraphs, they corrected a few spelling errors and how to uh, format it. But other than that, it just was everything I wrote in there was basically stayed the same. Uh, the way they took care of it, they just cleaned it up. I can imagine it was a pretty special moment for you, Francis, when you got the book and you actually got to hold this for the first time and look at it. What was that like for you? Actually, it was pretty amazing because, like I said, these stories that were in there were things that I had experienced and stories that I told, you know, we've talked about friends of ours, talking about the various things in the book and then putting, as everybody says, you know, the joke was, well, why don't you write a book about it? And mm -hmm. one day I just said, you know what, maybe I will. And I did it basically for myself. It wasn't really looking to uh, become a sequel to The Godfather. It was just <laughs> basically uh, write what I did. And 
I remembered what my English teacher said when I was in high school. She said, if you ever write anything, you know, write a book. She says, write about what you know. Mm. So I said, oh, and I take that advice. And all my friends saying, write a book. And I did. What are the chances you'll write more in the future, do you think? A friend of mine, he wrote a book, Dino. He's from Greece. And he wrote his life experiences coming here. And I met Dino years ago. His book was 11 Days to America, I believe it was. His name is Dino Pavlou, P-A-V-L-O-U. And he was involved in that, the restaurant in the city, Westons. He was good friends with Sinatra and oh, wow. Anthony Quinn and all those people. The first time I met him, the experience was, you know, I said, oh, you're Greek? He said, yeah. He says, why? I said, oh. I said, well, you're Greek like the guy in Zorba, the Greek, Anthony Quinn? He goes, I got to tell you a funny story. He says, Anthony Quinn has got no Greek blood in him whatsoever. He was Irish, Mexican or something. I was like, get out of here. <laughs> so you learn something. I was like, well, I'm amazed. Wow. I know a lot of people are really going to love this story, and I encourage my listeners to go check it out. This is titled Two Different Worlds. It's written by Francis Xavier. It's published by Newman Springs Publishing. Of course, you can get it everywhere, like Amazon and Barnes & Noble and iTunes and also traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Francis, thank you again for your time tonight, telling me about your story and about two different worlds. I had a good time talking with you. Same here. My pleasure. I thank you very much for uh, helping me get the uh, book out there. You have a good day. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. We hope to see you back here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where independent new authors come first.